Welcome to Episode 1 in the AIC Seasonal Video Series, Easter Tide from Resurrection to Ascension. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. Like all our seasonal video series, this presentation is aimed at enhancing anyone's understanding of the seasons in the church calendar and, for Anglicans, their knowledge of traditional worship using the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. In this episode, I will speak about the history of the Feast of Feasts, as Easter is widely known, the true or theological meaning of the season, and Easter Day services from the 1928 Book of Common Prayer and other sources. Among all the seasons in the church calendar, Easter is known as the Feast of Feasts. The English name Easter is derived from the Middle English word estra, which came from the Old English Eastra, both of which refer to ancient celebrations of the spring equinox, which always occurs on March 21st. In the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox Christian traditions, Easter is known by its name in Latin, Pascha, which means passion, or more broadly, the passion. The illustration is the central detail from the apse mosaic Harrowing of Hades at Cora Church, officially Church of the Holy Savior, Constantinople, now Istanbul, Turkey, built around 1315 A.D. The figures being raised from Hades are on the left, on Christ's right hand, Adam, robed in white, and on the right, Christ's left hand, Eve, robed in red. The church was constructed only four decades before the fall of Constantinople to the Turks in 1453 A.D. The importance of the fall of Constantinople on Christianity in Asia Minor was discussed in Episode 5 in the AIC Christian Education video series, The War on Christianity, available using the episode links on the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The season of Easter is a movable feast on the church calendar. Generally, since the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, it has been celebrated in the Western Church on the first Sunday following the spring equinox, March 21st. The earliest possible date for Easter is March 22nd, and the latest possible date is April 25th. Note that if March 21st is a Sunday, Easter then falls on the following Sunday. The date of Easter also determines the dates of other church feasts coming before and after Easter on the calendar. In any given year, looking backward from Easter, the date of Easter determines the date for the start of Lent on Ash Wednesday. The dates for the three Jessima or pre-Lenten Sundays preceding Lent, and the number of Sundays after Epiphany. As I explained in the Companions series, 
Epiphany, the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, Epiphany season is reduced to only one Sunday after Epiphany when Easter falls on its earliest possible date. The illustration is Christ resurrected, an opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper by James T. So, painted between 1886 and 1894 A.D. as part of his Life of Christ series. Originals of the series and other related works by Tissot were purchased by the Brooklyn Museum, digitally scanned and released into the public domain. Looking forward on the church calendar, the date of Easter determines the dates for the Feasts of Ascension, Pentecost or Whit Sunday in the Anglican tradition, and Trinity Sunday, the first Sunday of the longest season on the church calendar. How the number of Sundays in Trinity season is determined will be discussed in the companion series Trinity the Teaching Season. Scholars generally agree that celebrations of the Feast of Easter were well established by the middle to late 2nd century. Evidence uh, of it is the homily on the Passion of Christ by Bishop Melito of Sardis, one of the seven churches of Asia Minor referenced in Revelation 3, 1-16. The Feast of Easter took on its modern form in the 4th century and 5th century when the bishops of Constantinople, Antioch, and other important cities in the Eastern Roman Empire joined the Byzantine emperor and gathered at Antioch before midnight on Easter even. The account is from a document discovered by John Mason Neal, a mid-19th century English priest and scholar. Father Neal's account describes a huge wooden platform upon which the dignitaries gathered in the darkness. At midnight, the altar candles were lighted, and from them a single lighted candle was passed from the emperor and the patriarch to a spectator in the front row, who passed the light to another in the front row, and from that person the light was shared from person to person until thousands of candles were held aloft. Afterward, the patriarch would celebrate Holy Communion using an early form of the rite named after St. John Chrysostom, this focus on light as a symbol of the return of Christ, who labeled himself, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12, took hold in the early church in the East. The idea was carried into the Western Church through the Moravian Church in southeastern Europe on the border between the Western and Eastern empires at the time of, of evangelists St. Cyril and St. Methodius. From there it passed into Western tradition to become widely accepted Christian doctrine and practice. The illustration is a 19th century oil on canvas, the light of the world, showing Jesus holding a lantern, painted by William Holman Hunt in either 1851 or 1854, and now at the Manchester Art Gallery in Manchester, England. A vestige of this early church liturgical practice on the theme of light remains in the Albanian Eastern Orthodox service for Easter morning, in which the priest approaches the people with the candle lighted from the altar and declares, 
Come ye and take light from the eternal light, and glorify Christ who is risen from the dead. At that point the people respond by saying, O Christ our Savior, the angels in heaven sing thy resurrection. Enable us also with pure hearts to glorify thee on earth. The illustration showing the faithful receiving the light from the altar was taken at Easter 2007 A.D. at St. George's Greek Orthodox Church in Adelaide, Australia. In today's anti-religion, anti-Christian, and multicultural world, understanding the true meaning of Easter, the day that changed the world, has become both more important and more difficult. For Christians, it is Easter that should be more widely understood for its central place in Christian theology. With that in mind, it helps to understand the events of Easter morning as the completion of a cycle that was begun on Good Friday with Jesus' trial, crucifixion, death on the cross, and burial in which the divine presence granted at his nativity was taken away from mankind. The illustration is Descent from the Cross, a 19th century engraving by Gustav Doré from his popular publication, Doré's English Bible. On Easter morning, death itself was overcome when Jesus' third-day prophecies found in three separate incidents in each of the three synoptic Gospels was fulfilled in his bodily resurrection from the dead. The I am the light of the world, as he called himself in John 8:12, revealed his risen self first to Mary Magdalene, as shown in the detail from an early 14th century fresco by Giotto at Scrovegni Chapel, Padua, Italy. In Western church art, the white flag with red cross is a symbol of the risen Christ's leadership of the church universal. The last enemy, meaning death, as referred to in 1 Corinthians 15.26, has been defeated in the resurrection, with his presence witnessed not just by the disciples and apostles, but by, by many others, as recorded by St. Luke in Acts of the Apostles. By the 4th century, with the composition of the Nicene Creed in 325, with amendments agreed to at Constantinople in 381 A.D., his identity as the only begotten Son of God was accepted, and the facts and significance of his teaching and his redemptive self-sacrifice were widely taught, particularly that he did die and was buried and did arise from the grave and sits in the honored position at the right hand of the Father from which he will come again in judgment. The illustration is the central detail from an 11th century narthex mosaic in Greece. In Greek, the resurrection is called the Anastasis. The scene showing the risen Christ standing upon the destroyed gates of Hades, lifting Adam and Eve from the dead, with the keys to Hades and death scattered in the pit below his feet, is generally known as the harrowing of Hades.
As you will hear in the narrative in this video, the scriptural authority for these interpretations are repeated in the Epistle and Gospel readings throughout Eastertide. Eastertide brings with it many changes to worship in the Anglican tradition. The liturgical colors change from the penitential purple of Lent and the grieving black of Good Friday to white, the color of all feasts of the Savior on the church calendar. The change is visible in the color of stoles, chasubles, and pyramids, as well as the draping of crosses. With Easter morning, the use of alleluias and glorias in the liturgy is restored. Services are often accompanied or preceded by the triumphant ringing of bells in the church tower. In many, many parishes, altars are decorated with Easter lilies. Other changes include multiple services for Easter Sunday. In many parishes, an Easter sunrise service is combined with an Easter morning breakfast or brunch. In larger parishes, there may be choral music concerts in which music such as Handel's Messiah is commonly featured. In parishes with many young children, Easter egg hunts are popular. The illustration is the gold-trimmed white stole my wife made for me at my former parish. The 1928 Book of Common Prayer provides an important change to morning prayer at Easter. In place of the familiar canticle, the Venite, or more commonly called the Venite, based on Psalm 95 and part of Psalm 96, read before the first lesson, there are three new readings derived from the Epistles of St. Paul, being Romans 6, chapter 9, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, and 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. These three readings express the common understanding of the Western and Eastern Church on the meaning of Christ's self-sacrifice and propitiatory death upon the cross. These must be read on Easter Sunday, but may be continued throughout the octave of Easter. The first of these verses is a quotation from 1 Corinthians 5, verses 7 and 8. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us, therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The illustration is the detail from the Giotto fresco of the resurrection used earlier. The second reading is Romans 6, 9. Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died into sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The third reading is from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, with the Gloria Patri appended. Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The appointed psalm readings for Easter Sunday morning includes two psalms with important prophecies fulfilled in the events of Easter morning. Psalm 93, verse 3, attributed to King David, speaks of God's sovereignty and specifically, as St. Athanasius taught in the first century, fourth century of his plan from the beginning. The Lord is king and hath put on glorious apparel. The Lord hath put on his apparel and girded himself with strength. He hath made the world round world so sure that it cannot be moved. Ever since the world began, hath thy seat been prepared. Thou art from everlasting. For Easter Sunday, there are two choices of collect epistle and gospel readings. The default is the first combination, with the second combination to be used in the event of more than one Holy Communion service for Easter Day. The first collect was adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gelasian and Gregorian sacramentaries as they were used in the Sarum Rite in England. The wording echoes the Jesus paragraph in the Nicene Creed mentioned earlier. The illustration is a 15th century Byzantine Orthodox icon, the harrowing of Hades showing the risen Christ raising Adam in white and Eve in red from the dead from the collection of the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, Russia. Almighty God, who through thine only begotten Son Jesus Christ hast overcome death and opened unto us the gate of everlasting life, we humbly beseech thee that, as by thy special grace preventing us, thou dost put into our mind good desires, so by thy continual help we may bring the same to good effect through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The epistle reading is Colossians 3, 1-4, a brief essay by St. Paul on the importance of the value of things heavenly versus things earthly, and on the seasonal theme of the faithful being dead with Christ and likewise alive with Christ in glory at his coming again. The illustration is an early 20th century mosaic of St. Paul at the Romanian Orthodox Patriarchal Basilica in Bucharest, Romania. The Gospel reading is John 20, verse 1 to 10, St. John's account of St. Mary Magdalene's discovery of the empty tomb, her puzzlement over the whereabouts of Jesus' body, her carrying of the news to the other disciples, and St. John's personal touch, his description of himself as, quote, the disciple who Jesus loved, and St. Peter's rushing past and being the first to enter the sepulchre. They're finding only the linen clothes and napkin that had wrapped Jesus' head neatly folded. Note that according to St. John's own words, it was only then that he and the other disciples remembered Jesus' prophecy of rising from the dead. 
and finally they're going away to their own homes. Western church members may want to know that in the Russian and other Slavic countries, the days of the week do not have the same pagan-inspired names used in the West. Sunday is Voskresenya, or Resurrection Day. The illustration is an 18th century Russian Orthodox icon of St. John in the iconostasis at the Church of the Transfiguration at the Kiji Monastery in Karelia, Russia. The second collect for Easter Day, appointed for use as at the first celebration of Holy Communion when there is more than one Holy Communion service on Easter Day, was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gregorian Sacramentary. It expands upon the doctrines of the Nicene Creed consistent with St. Paul's epistle to the Colossians accompanying the first collect and St. Peter's theme of Satan as the enemy of the faithful. The illustration is a 17th century Russian Orthodox icon in the Yaroslavl style depicting both the resurrection and harrowing of Hades, bottom center, and the ascension. O God, who for our redemption didst give thine only begotten Son to the death on the cross, and by his glorious resurrection hast delivered us from the power of our enemy, grant us so to die daily from sin that we may evermore live with him in the joy of his resurrection through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The second epistle reading is 1 Corinthians 5, verses 6b to 8, which includes the same text used for the second replacement of the Venite required to be said on Easter Day, and which may be said throughout the octave. The illustration is a detail from an 18th century Russian Orthodox icon of St. Paul, also from the iconostasis at the Church of the Transfiguration, Kiji Monastery, Karelia, Russia. The second gospel reading is St. Mark's more detailed account of the discovery of the empty tomb the illustration is an oil on canvas by Raphael at the Sao Paulo Museum of Art, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Note the white flag with a cross, which, as in the Giotto example used earlier, represents Christ's leadership of the Church Universal. In addition to St. Mary Magdalene mentioned in St. John's account in the first Gospel reading, St. Mark's account names two other women— Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. He also mentions the young man, traditionally understood to be an angel, who explains that Jesus of Nazareth has risen from the dead and gone into Galilee. The disciples are described as awed, amazed, and afraid, and that they told no one of what they had seen. Appropriate seasonal music for Easter Day in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, our collection of traditional hymns arranged to easily sung tunes, has to include the classic 14th century Latin hymn, Jesus Christ is Risen Today, translated by Nahum Tate and Nicholas Brady, with a fourth verse added by the church's most prolific hymn writer, Charles Wesley, and arranged to John Baptist Walsh's early 19th century tune, Easter Hymn, which includes Alleluia's after each line. 
Alleluia, Alleluia, Hearts and Voices Heavenward Raise by Christopher Wordsworth, written in 1872 A.D. and set to the tune High Friedel. And two 8th century hymns by St. John of Damascus, The Day of Resurrection, arranged by English priest and musicologist John Mason Neal to the tune Elecom. And finally, for this slide, Come ye faithful, raise the strain, a rage to Gaudiamus Parator. Three other old hymns in the St. Chrysostom hymnal are That Easter Day with Joy Was Bright, which was introduced to the English Church in the 1861 edition of Hymns Ancient and Modern, and in the St. Chrysostom hymnal is arranged to the tune Poor Nobis Nascitur. Come let us join our cheerful songs based on Revelation 5, 8-14 by another gifted hymn writer fond of adapting scripture to song, Isaac Watts, around 1709 A.D., and here arranged to Beatitudo. And finally, Lift Up, Lift Up Your Voices Now, written by John Mason Neal and arranged to the tune Waltham. Other AIC resources for subjects in this video and not previously mentioned are from the AIC Bible Study video series New Testament Gospels from the Gospel of Matthew, examples of the theme of the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in the life of Christ are discussed in episodes 3, 4, and 5 from the Gospel of John, the I Am the Light of the World Declaration is discussed in Episodes 31 and 32, and the appearance of Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb and her meeting with the resurrected Christ are discussed in Episode 42. In the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, first series, John is featured in Episode 4, Paul in episode 5, Mark in episode 7, Peter in episode 11, Matthew in episode 14, and Luke in episode 15. Episodes are linked from the digital library page with podcast versions from the podcast archive page. My podcast homily for Easter Day is linked from the podcast homilies page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, the text of the Easter Morning Processional, which I wrote for my former parish, based on the Orthodox Church service mentioned in one of the opening slides, is available on pages 105 to 111 in Occasional Services for Anglican Worship. In the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, hymns for Easter are hymns 85 to 100. And in the prayer book Psalter, Psalm 96, a Psalm of David, is discussed on pages 221 to 222. Also in the AIC Bookstore Publications list is our newest publications, the Gospel of series. First, in the Gospel of Mark, annotated and illustrated, the women and the angel at the empty tomb are discussed in chapter 16, 
In the Gospel of John, annotated and illustrated, the appearance of Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb and her conversation with the risen Christ are discussed in chapters 20 and 21. In layman's lexicon, key words of interest in this episode are Alleluia, Crucifixion, Easter, Gloria in Excelsis, Good Friday, I Am, and Prophet slash Prophecy. All the books at the bookstore are available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. Finally, there's Father Ron's blog, a page where I post usually weekly the latest news and information, including material about new videos and podcasts and planned projects for the future. I invite you to subscribe to this page by clicking the Follow Anglican Internet Church tab in the right-hand column. Subscribers receive notification from our website host, wordpress.com, of each new posting. Thank you for joining me for Episode 1 in Eastertide, From Resurrection to Ascension. Next time in Episode 2, the focus will be on Monday and Tuesday in Easter week and the first and second Sundays after Easter. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.